Hello everyone, welcome to Maharangi Vineyard Church Live. Wondering if there's going to be anyone here this morning with us live. It is a beautiful day out here outside, especially considering it's still winter, maybe spring. But um, yeah, yeah, hopefully you're enjoying the day and you'll be able to watch this some point throughout either today or, or the week ahead. One of the benefits of, of doing church in this way. Oh, there's Cherry. Hi, Cherry. Um, and is that, I can't see Karen. <laughs> yeah, that makes me look old. Hello, everyone. Very nice. Nice to know we're not totally by ourselves. Um, yeah, so welcome. Another beautiful day um, and then in this place that we get to call home, which is, you know, pretty, pretty amazing. We wanted to start as we've been doing for um, for these lockdown periods of celebrating some birthdays. First of all, I wanted to celebrate, we wanted to say sorry to John O'Townsend. I think we, we had a bit of technical difficulties last week and lost the list. So John, oh, you got missed bad. off. So maybe maybe when we get together, another extra chocolate for you for just getting missed off the end of the list last week. But happy birthday um, to Jono and to everyone else this week. Yeah, so we have Karen Hunter had her birthday this week and Josiah Durand. And today, Eugene Sims is celebrating his birthday. birthday. So a huge happy birthday. And if you've had a wedding, a wedding anniversary this week, happy anniversary. Ours is this week coming. Just yeah. Good reminder. Yeah. Someone send yeah. me a text just to be sure. Just Thursday. So I'm not, Thursday, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so Wednesday, I'd like some reminder text. Thanks. Um, yeah, so we're going to carry on this morning with our Kingdom of God series. And it's just that idea of looking at um, the Kingdom of God in in this time and what that means and, and actually how, how appropriate Jesus' stories and the parables that he told about the kingdom are for us today, particularly in this season that we're we're all in. And this morning, I guess if there was a title to it, it would be um, "It's All About the One." You know, we had of the opportunity or or the privilege of driving out to Tafanui on Saturday, yesterday, and and going for a walk. And because obviously the gates were closed, we normally drive in and go right to the beach and walk and do the walks out toward that way. But because the gates were closed, we parked um, a lot further in and did one of the walks, out. one of the walks that we hadn't done before. And and being Tafanui, if you haven't been there, like, oh man, please mm -hmm. get out there. And even today, you know, it would be a great thing to do is go out and have a look. So we, we did this walk that, that sort of included all of the amazing views and incredible vistas and sea views and bush and all everything that that normally is uh, Tafanui but we had the added bonus of walking through a lot of the the paddocks and the paddocks this time of year being early spring are just filled with sheep and what are near and dear to me growing up with raising sheep and just hundreds and hundreds of beautiful little baby lambs running all around um, and as we were doing that, you know, you sort of, you know, inevitably there were, there were just so many of them were like lying back, stretched out, enjoying the sun. And then I felt really quite bad or we both commented on how you're really interrupting their, 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 their space. And they were quite afraid of you. So 
when we were walking through these paddocks, these little lambs would jump up and run away, bleating, afraid that these intruders have invaded their space. And they'd bleat and they'd bleat. And then you'd have their mums who were far less concerned about you being there, that they would just sort of give a, a very low, like, bleh. And, and the babies would all hear that and run to their mums and, and drink and, you know, be comforted and stuff. And I was thinking as we're walking through, uh, I feel like I'm, I've been a lot like those little baby lambs, you know, frantically bleating away at the incredible danger that's all around me. And, and it's been so nice um, to have God be a bit like those mother lambs and just, you know, just a, a perspective, I guess. I, I think I wrote down, you know, God, his, the faithfulness and the assurance of, of a divine perspective has been so good. Um, that's not at all what I want to talk about, but it was one of those observations that I thought, oh, I'd love to share that. You know, like we, we kind of think a bit like those lambs, everything's, you know, dangerous and terrible and awful. And, and yet we have a we have a loving Heavenly Father who is who is calm, who's confident, who can give us an assurance mm -hmm. of his presence with us. So in our Kingdom series today, we want to look at, and it's the really, we're going to stick with the sheep. Um, it kind of reminded me of that as we were walking, is looking at Matthew 18. So if you've got your Bible with you, Matthew 18, verses 8 to 14. And it's very much a well-known passage, as so many of these kingdom parables are that Jesus told. But I think there's something really special that we can pull from for, for us today in our season of where we find ourselves. So Matthew 18 and at verses 8 to 14. Yes, so I will read for you more about the little ones. But if your hand or your foot causes you to trip up, Jesus continued, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter into life crippled or lame than, go to, than, than to go into eternal fire with both hands and both feet. And if your eye causes you to trip up, pull it out and throw it away. Going into life with one eye is better than going into hell with two. Take care not to despise one of these little ones. I tell you this, in heaven their angels are always gazing on the face of my father who lives there. How does it seem to you? If someone has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off and goes missing, what will he do? He'll leave the 99 on the hillside and go after the one that's missing, won't he? And when eventually he finds it, I'll tell you the truth. He will celebrate over that one more than over the 99 who didn't go missing. It's the same with your father in heaven. The last thing he wants is for a single one of these little ones to be lost. You know, like a couple of weeks ago when we looked at, when we kind of started this kingdom focus or series, um, with the yeast or the mustard seed, there's something about God's kingdom that kind of tends to hone in on, or on, on the little, on the on the one, as we see in this one. It's it's an upside down kingdom. It's a way of looking at the world. It's a way of being. It's a way of living that is often so different from the culture that we find ourselves in, and certainly that is true for us today. It's a different way of seeing the world. It's a different way of seeing one another. It's a different way of seeing 
um, seeing God and seeing each other. You know, I wonder if in this COVID season where we are so tempted to have our eyes, you know, on our on ourselves, you know, to worrying about our own our own families or our own loved ones or where you know where our own jobs or our own health and well-being how this parable and and the message of the kingdom is so important for us today that we can we can we can actually look or have a perspective that's more than just ourselves that we can look out we can adopt i guess or adopt a way of life or a kingdom way of living is another way of putting it that looks out for the one that's is looking out for for the other like so many parables um, that jesus told about god's kingdom we're being invited to see the value in this particular one to see the value and the beauty and the significance of the one you know the little one even the um and our world and our culture often sees things very differently from that. We're to be people of God's kingdom, excuse me, where we are able to see people, we're able to see and to act on behalf of, of the little ones, of the ones who, people who, we are to, you know, we can care for those who, like children or, or the vulnerable or the, the chronically ill, or, or the lonely, or the hurting, or the hungry. We can look after the refugees. We can see them. You know, we can not only see them, we can stretch out our hand and help them, or we can stand with them with our feet, you know, standing alongside them. You know, in, in many ways, it's so easy for us, or it can be so easy for us to, to turn a blind eye to, to the little ones in our culture, in our world, to the ones that, that Jesus is talking about here. I know for me, I had a experience this week where I was just sort of meeting someone for the first time, and it was in the context of a, you know, completely, like I, I guess you'd call it a business context, and we were kind of going through and, and chatting away. And, and then I got to this point in the conversation where, where it normally happens, where I had we were talking about a business that I had been involved in previously, um, gardening and that kind of thing. And, and then they, the person asked me, oh, so what do you do now? Which that's normally either an open door or a really awkward response when, when I actually answer the question. But in this case, it gave me um, really a choice right then and there was, was, I, was this conversation going to stay kind of at this level of, of business and transactional kind of thing of you have this I want that um, how that how's that going to work whatever or or I just knew deep down inside I had I had like with it within really just a few words this conversation could go a lot deeper and so I'm telling this story because I chose to have for it to go a lot deeper and it makes me look good no <laughs> no but um but all of a sudden I was able to see this person who I had only seen really at one level as so much deeper, so much more value. I was able to actually see them. They, they kind of opened up and shared a little bit of their, their past and their really, really sad, sad environment. And, and I think I was able to, in seeing them, offer hope, offer a bit of God's kingdom, offer a bit of divine perspective. And, and I know that they left our encounter encouraged, but the crazy thing about it was, 
I kind of got in the car and drove away. And, and by the way, our encounter was at safe social distancing and everything like that. So, so it was all above board. But I got in the car and drove away and I just was thinking, wow, like I felt really good inside. And yet that morning I had woken up really just feeling the weight of, like so many people, the weight of the worry, the frustration of this level two and three, and three sorry, hopefully, you know, like, but, but just the frustration, the weight of my own worries. And somehow by leaning into God's kingdom, by, by actually being able to see that person as valuable and the one, I too was lifted up out of my own situation, of my own circumstance. And, and to be part of, of God's kingdom advancing in that person's life, it just made all the difference for me as it, were, as, as it did for them as well. Yeah, and I just wanted to add, um, being open and honest like we always try to be. Um, oh, sorry, I've got hair hanging down my face. Um, if I'm completely honest, this particular lockdown has been a really hard one to... I, I don't know if I'd speak for Linda, but for me anyway, to to be a voice of hope, to carry hope in my heart, it's been it's been really hard, um, and so it's surprised me and overwhelmed me, kind of the hopelessness. But then on the other hand, I know that I'm holding that in attention. With we actually get to be the hope, we get to offer hope to other people. So there's that kind of walking in that tension. We get to be symbols of hope not just for ourselves, but for everybody around us. And so this has been a time for me, and it's been a conversation we've had a lot during this week of reminding ourselves of God's kingdom. And do we truly believe he is who he says he is, and he does what he says he'll do, that his kingdom has come, it's here, and it's coming again. Mm -hmm. And I think holding that central to how we live has made it this week anyway it, you know obviously i good days bad days good minutes bad minutes but it's been able to allow me to live out of a place of hope and that same place of hope then is what we're designed to give away and i think it can be really hard right now to do that because we're encountering so many different beliefs so many different theories and our constant question to ourselves has been do we represent Jesus well do we look like Jesus in the way that we live our lives and it's a really good question to ask yourself in the midst of um, of this season I think like is what I'm saying is it good is it going to bring value to someone's life or is it just negative and um, really unhelpful are we offering the hope that Jesus is do we truly believe that his kingdom is what he says it is and that it's here and that it's active and it's hopeful i really can't imagine jesus being that churned up if he was here right now if i'm completely honest not like we are right mm. um i don't think he'd be worried about the political stuff or the conspiracy theories or enraged over mass i think jesus would be concerned about the lowest and the least and i think we have an opportunity right now to to not be distracted by by all of that stuff and to keep our focus on Jesus and to really make sure that we're representing him well. I want to represent him well and I certainly have huge moments of failure in that, but really asking that question constantly.
do I look like Jesus um, in my encounters with people? I think I was thinking about it, uh, you know, reading, you know, one of those things I probably shouldn't have read, you know, online and just someone railing and, and really just, yeah, they're entitled to their view and opinion. But I, w I just sort of had the immediate thought of like, oh, my goodness, you know, the message of the, the original message of the kingdom, the good news of the gospel that Jesus preached that the good news, the, the hope, hopeful message, the message that's above all messages, the hope that's above all hopes, he did that in a first century context of being in the middle of the most oppressive, controlling, you know, bloodthirsty regime, or one of the most, you know, regimes, the Roman Empire, and yet, and yet Jesus didn't spend all his time railing against them. He spent his time talking about the good news of the kingdom, that there's something more, there's something better, there's something great. I just have, was really challenged and encouraged by that, of, you know, that Jesus, you know, he's, I think scripture calls him a high priest who knows, you know, like he, he knows. And so Jesus knows what it's like. And yet, and yet he over and over and over again promotes or, or speaks a message of hope that is firmly and totally rooted in the kingdom of God, that there is a kingdom coming um, and a will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And I would just love for us to be people who continually, um, really continue that, that good news message into our world, into our situation. You know, getting back to Tafanui, it, it was amazing to think as we were walking through these paddocks and you see, we, I remember we all commented, or, or excuse me, we were with Anna, but we commented on the first little baby lamb. It was like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And it was, it was beautiful. But then like we turned a corner and there were just hundreds of them all over the place and they were all cute. But, but it was amazing how quickly in our perspective, you could really diminish the value of the one. If you know what I mean? Like there was just a whole heap of little lambs and they were all just as cute as one another. So, you know, our worldly perspective often kind of moves us to, to not seeing the value in the one, especially in the face of the many. And so, so really, I think that's what Jesus is really challenging. You know, just as a, as a, as a note, you know, he wasn't literally, in the beginning of that scripture, he wasn't literally inviting us to, to cut off our hand or, or our foot or gouge our, out our eyes. Um, so, you know, please put the knives down. Yeah. You're all right. Um, it was, it was a, he was exaggerating for effect. See, that's how I, I do it. I yeah. actually thought about that. That's, you know, I'm just being like Jesus when I exaggerate my stories. But, you know, he was, he was exaggerating to, to prove, to push a point, I think because he needed to. It's so, we're so quick in, in, our, in our perspective to lose sight of the value of the one, that every single one, there is, in every single one, there is value that, you know, the father runs to the individual. The father leaves so much behind for the one. And we can be people who see the one in one another, the value in one another. Yeah, I think he's more referring to it like in the way of trying to break a bad habit or a habit. And if you have anything like me and been there, done that, it is really hard. And it can almost feel like you're cutting off your hand or cutting off your foot. It's like giving up a part of yourself that you're so used to, you're so comfortable with, 
and it's really hard and it's painful. Mm. It's the same thing if you've got a really bad attitude with someone. It's really hard to stop and see them the way God does. And I have walked all of those journeys over and over again. And this is the hard work. Like this is the stuff that we were talking about last weekend when we spoke with um, Rob and Alicia. It's like the digging deep, the mm. the really going deeper in in our attitudes and in our um, in our views, really, in our ways of seeing other people. It's the growing stuff. It's the stretching stuff, and it's the really hard stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think Jesus' point. In, in sharing this parable is that we are to be people, or we can be people who, who see the one in, in one another and with that we can stand or we can, we can walk toward the vulnerable. We can stretch out our hands or we can see those who are hurting, those who are lonely. You know, we, we are in the middle of a season that is like none of us have ever been this way before. And yet, and, and it's in, in many, and we've all, I think, experienced difficulties, but how much more for the vulnerable? How much more for the lonely or the disconnected? How much more for the poor or for children who are hungry? You know, and we have the opportunity to see them and not only see them, but, but to stretch out our hand and to act, to act and to, to embrace the value of the kingdom of the one the one that is lost, the one that has, has wandered away, the one that he, who, is, who is weak or hurting. And so really, I just would love for us, you know, to, to uh, one of the things I heard this week, or I was in a Zoom meeting with someone, and, and in the middle of our Zoom conversation, they just said, oh, hold on, hold on just a minute. And they grabbed a pen and wrote something down, and I said, oh, what are you, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I've just, I've just been embracing this practice over over this lockdown period where if as throughout the day someone comes to mind i write their name down and then i make sure that i in some way or another reach out or make contact i either send them a text or or write them a note or or you know just do something to which is like seeing them you know being like a kingdom like moving on behalf of the kingdom on that person's life and so i'd like to present that as kind of a as a challenge slash invitation for us this week and, and going forward is let's be aware let's have eyes to see the one let's be like like that shepherd who whose journeys out who goes out of our way in, on in aid of of the one Andrew's had a great experience of being able to receive that this week as well yeah, it was, who knew that flowers could arrive in a sealed box, but the courier came to the door and I went down and what was more amazing is it had actually gone to the wrong address to where we used to live five years ago down the road. And he said, oh no, I knew you lived here. So I, so I opened. That's because the kids have been shopping online the whole lockdown and we've right, had courier and Angela's been shopping online. So. Um, it, no, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, I opened this box and I was shocked because it, it had on the outside, I think, wild poppies or something. And when I opened it, it was full of the most beautiful bunch of tulips. And I love tulips. Um, and it had come from someone who lives outside of Auckland and they live down in um, Napier. And it was just a, it was really just a card saying, I see you and I really am feeling for you in this time. And I, I was just completely blown away. Like I thought, what a beautiful 
thing to do. I know there's a monetary value to that and not everything has to be a monetary thing. It can be as simple as a text or a, a phone call or um, I like to bake. I'm trying not to eat baking. So yesterday I baked because I just love to do that. But dropping off baking to someone if that's your thing or, or whatever it may be. But yeah. it's really it's really listening. Someone else even contacted me this week saying they had someone on their mind and did I know their address. And so be really attuned to what God's saying to you for the other, for the one, because you have no idea the, the life kind of changing, the hopefulness that comes in responding to those things. That's it. And the celebration of the kingdom when we do it. You know, when, when, one is, when, when one is found and brought back. And, you know, I know we've, we've often seen that in the light of, of salvation. And, and that is true. I think you, can, you definitely can and should interpret it that way. But it's so much more than that. It's actually just someone who, who is saved from or can be saved from an internal narrative of I'm alone or I'm by myself or there is no hope. And we have the opportunity to reach out. In, in our words and our deeds to to say no that narrative isn't true you're you know being lost in that narrative we can we can pull people out of being lost uh, in their own narratives in their own situations and circumstances by being people who who see one another whose hands reach out to one another whose mm -hmm. feet walk toward mm -hmm. one another um, so Angela's just going to finish this morning with with a quote which I thought was brilliant and then, and then we're just going to pray. Yes, I read this yesterday and I thought it was really good. It's from John Tyson. And it says, In the midst of the chaos and despair are kingdom opportunities. 2020 is filled with good works that God prepared for us to walk in. The church was created to bring hope in times like this. So, Father, I thank you for this morning, you know, and for everyone who's going to see it this um, as time goes on throughout the day and the week. God, I ask that you would um, continue to give us eyes to see your kingdom, to see the one, to see the small, the insignificant, the lonely, the hurting. Mm -hmm. Give us hands that reach out and to help. Give us feet that, that don't walk to the other side of the road to avoid but, but walk toward to help. I pray that you would give us, um, you know, as we embrace the practice of just really writing down, God, would you use us to be your hands and feet, to be your kingdom message of hope, that we would continually spread the good news of God's kingdom come in 2020 on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Get out to Tafanui and see those lambs. They are absolutely yeah. adorable. You will not regret it. Thanks. Bye. See ya.